Alright, hello, hello, hello. This is the Mo Show. We have not done a recording in a very long time and we will not dwell on that too, too much. Actually, I might dwell on it a little bit just to be transparent. But for those who this is your first time listening to the Mo Show, the Mo Show is an acronym. Mo stands for Motivate, Overcome, and Elevate. Each episode will be based on a topic um, that you have felt motivated to do something. And in being motivated to do something, you always have to overcome something. And as you overcome, you definitely usually catapult and elevate to different levels. Um, My very first and only podcast episode, and I won't say only with such diction, because I did record an episode uh, that I never posted. I probably will. It was based on relationships and it was, you know, your motivations and relationships. What do you overcome in certain relationships and where does that elevate you to? I will be honest with you all. I just never sat down and edited it. And some of you may be like, why? Why didn't you edit? And it was because fear had crippled me, you guys, to the point where I just kind of, I won't say kind of, I will not play victim. I allowed fear to cripple me to the point where I did not feel like I had a voice to continue doing this podcast um, because I felt like I was just another label in the water aisle. Like I just felt like, you know, Aquafina or Dasani or like the store brand of water. And I needed not to look at that way because as you all see, um, there's so many waters on the water aisle and they all get bought and so I need not to act like what God has called me to do will not be sustained by him and so going into 2023 because yes my last episode recorded was in 2019 so excuse me for being so dormant for so long um but the 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 pandemic definitely opened up my eyes and my heart to a lot. I've endured a lot over the last few years. And so I told myself that this year I would start off in obedience to God and um, the spirit. And I would not let fear cripple my faith. And so I don't care if only eight of I got eight uh, listens on my last podcast. It could it could or 80 I think no yeah I got 80 streams on my last podcast which was it's mind-blowing to me that 80 people would even want to sit and listen to me talk for 30 minutes and so um I put it down and I don't I think I checked it when it was 20 and then I picked it up again a few months ago and I was like 80 streams so I thank all 80 of you 79 of you who have listened to my previous podcast on setting the pace this podcast um, will definitely be called Making a Move in God. And so um, I'm going to discuss or talk about how God, uh, I've always been motivated to be a traveler um, and how I am currently in Louisville, Kentucky. For those who know, I'm normally based out of Maryland. Um, and how God motivated me to make this move, the things that I've had to overcome in making this move and coming to here and where it's elevated me to as I return back to Maryland this weekend. Um, and part of this podcast, God put it on my heart that I had to record it here. Um, God put it on my heart that before I leave 
Louisville that I needed to take another step out on faith. And, and, and coming to Louisville was definitely a step out on faith in its own, but continuing to move in faith and build my trust in God by moving in faith, um, I had to. So with that being said, I do want to give thanks to the basement, Tim Ross. Um, I want to say I doubt he'll ever listen to this, but you know, that probably wouldn't be talking in faith, but it's just me being a realist. I doubt he'll ever hear this clip or ever hear this podcast, but I wanted to give an enormous thanks to him because I've been a basement dweller since he started his podcast and he started that podcast in so much ambiguity. He had no idea what was coming out of it and he was just listening to God. And I just hear that a lot in the people that I have found myself over the last few years. Um, uh, I won't say following, but I I guess I can say following. Um, And because it's been three years, I know I don't talk about my personal life too, too much. Um, Well, setting the pace was me talking about my personal life, so let me not lie. But that wasn't the intent of these podcasts was for me to talk about my personal life. But what I will say is The Basement has helped me tremendously in the last um, three months with my mindset of what I wanted to do. I didn't even think about it till right now. It has been literally three months as of yesterday since I've been in Louisville. Um, so this 90-day journey has been absolutely amazing. And I cannot I cannot thank God more enough for exposing me to the basement um, prior to the last three months. But then it came back to my memory while I was here. And, I, and Tim says that all the time on his podcast. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for bringing that back to my memory because... The word does say that where it says it, don't test me. You know, I'm still doing better with my Bible reading, but um, I definitely do thank the Holy Ghost for bringing that back to my memory. Because as soon as I got here, I was like, God, what is something that I can watch that's going to feed my my spirit and feed my relationship with you? And literally within the first week of me being here, um, and if it wasn't the first week, it was definitely the first month, God said, uh, I know that was a big jump, y'all, but... As you know, in the adult world, a week, a month can literally be a week in your mind. Um, And a day is like a millisecond. So there goes that. Um, And I've been watching it uh, devotedly. um, And it introduced me to other podcasts like um, how it introduced me to uh, to Dear Future Wifey. I do not know, but I I stumbled across that podcast. Um, And I love Love, love, love. During the pandemic, I've fallen in love with uh, Kev on stage. I was introduced to him prior to the pandemic, but Kev on stage introduced me to my lovely soror, that chick angel. And although they are not what you would consider spiritual podcasts, they are spiritual people. And so their podcast always has faith, always has God somewhere wrapped in there. And it's very clean, wholesome content to me. Um, I can be a very, and and being delivered of that, a vulgar person. So um, finding things that can feed my wholesome side and my uh, spiritual side is something that I've been very intentional about. And last but certainly not least, someone that I was not introduced to prior to the pandemic, I was introduced to them literally at the beginning of the pandemic, was good old Miss Tabitha Brown. And so um, I'm not shouting these people out like they are like, God or anything, but I want to give flowers to who 
to who owns them. You know, I want to give props to who's do them. And um, I've had dreams about Tabitha Brown, so we ain't even going there. Um, and I just love her story. I love everything about who she is and, and the God she represents. Um, because the God she represents, is, I, I can say without a shadow of a doubt, one thing's for sure, two things for certain, that it's the same God I serve. So um, just the dreams that I've had about her and the revelation I've had about just why I'm so attracted to her, I'm just very appreciative of her stepping in her authentic truth um, and, and doing it, whether she was scared or not, doing it wholeheartedly. Um, because I feel like that is what has yielded her tangible results, which I can certain believe, certainly believe is is not even the tip of the iceberg of what internally in the intangible um, benefits and blessings that she has gotten. So... With that, we are going to start with M, motivate. What motivates me to travel and what motivated me to travel to Louisville? So, I will honestly say, being one coming from a broken home and and having known that my dad was in the military and used to travel all over the place, um, my aunt who raised me in high school uh, it was a military wife. Her husband, who's not my blood uncle, but God rest his soul, Uncle Harvey, was, I wouldn't, you know, if I didn't understand what marriage was, I probably would have counted him as blood because, you know, he, he helped raise me. I've known him my whole life. Um, but he was in the military. And so they traveled all throughout the world. Um, my cousin was born in Germany, you know, due to his service uh, internationally. Um, when I was in high school, my uh, really good church friend, he joined the military as a fighter pilot. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've been surrounded by a lot of people in the military. And I even almost drafted to the military because I was like, oh, well, military people travel a lot. I grew up knowing like either you had to have a lot of money or you needed a job to help you travel. Like your job would send you places. Um and then outside, and if your job didn't send you places, then you needed to be in the military because, you know, that is your job, right? And and they'll send you all over the place. I've never known anyone who's in the military who stayed in one place. So I always correlated travel that, with, you know, in those three sectors, either you were Bohovich, your job in corporate America flew you out to wherever you needed to go, or you were in the military. And so um, as I got older, you know, high school, college, I realized like, no, you don't have to be have a lot of money. Right. Um, to travel. And so I took my first flight when I was 17. 17? No, 18. No, 17. It might have been. It was definitely 17 because we drove to Houston. Um, my aunt who I live with lived in Houston. We drove those 18 hours to Houston, even though I think it was longer than that because it was like nine of us. Um, so I believe I do remember stopping in a hotel. So it might've been like a two day journey. Um, but I flew back home. And so that was my first time flying. Um, and I just have, it was, I don't know how to explain it. It was like, what? Like it's a whole new world. Like I could do this. So um, I love to travel, and um, 2018, I traveled a lot. I traveled to um, Toronto, I went to LA, I went to Aruba, um, 
I went to, where else did I go? Uh, Niagara Falls. I went a lot of places in 2018, which I'm grateful for because it then sparked something inside of me that when the pandemic hit, it, it, it just ignited like, nah, I, this stagnant life is not for me. It's not for me. I don't know why it's not for me. I don't know what is for me in traveling, but yeah, this is this is not this is not for me. So with that being said, um I just started praying and asking God, you know, I know with the pandemic being here right now, um, you know, elevate my mind and my heart to a place where when the world opens back up I can travel. And so um, I've, I've been to St. Martin kind of during the pandemic. And then as the pandemic has kind of subsided some, and we've understood this new way of living, um, I was like, well, let's, let's get back to traveling. And God was like, well, I want to change your surroundings a little bit. And I've always wanted to change my surroundings. So since I've recorded the, my first podcast, Life Has Lifed, um, I believe I recorded my first podcast. I, I not I believe I know I recorded it when I was um, uh, in Oklahoma, going to Transformation Church Conference, their Vision One Conference. Fun fact: Tim Ross is the oversight pastor of Mike Todd. For those who do not know, so if you like Mike Todd or have ever even felt connected to his message. Check the basement out again because that's his oversight pastor. Not saying that they're correlated like, oh, if you love Mike Todd, you should like Tim Ross. Maybe if you don't like Mike Todd, you should check out Tim Ross because you'll see that he does have spiritual guidance, you know, and I'm not here to gossip, but we all saw him spit in his hand and wipe it over that man's eyes. But we're all human. We're all flesh in the way Tim talks. He talks real raw. So just think this is the person who Mike Todd gets held accountable, you know, gets accountability from. This is who he goes for, for guidance. So, you know, remember, people can have people in their village that will hold them accountable and still do whatever they want. And I'm not saying that's what that's what the case was. I don't know. I wasn't there, but spiritually, that's how I feel, especially based off of his apology. I digress. Um, so, th- with the motivation of wanting to break this mold of being stagnant from the pandemic um or during the pandemic I'll say I had two totals to my car I had one car Nikita my first car that I had ever bought um someone literally going like 45 on a 25 took the whole front of my car off and I was literally right next to my house like where my car got hit I could have Literally, I could have, I had just went grocery shopping. It was the day before Thanksgiving in 2020. And I could have literally just emptied, I could have put my hazard lights on and started emptying the trunk of my car of Thanksgiving food. That's how close I was to my house where I, when I got hit. And um, bounced back from that in God's will. Uh, maybe it wasn't, uh, I don't know. Uh, to this day, I still kind of wonder, like, did I buy my next car too fast? Like, but, you know, God will reveal that to me. I don't think I did. Like, in my heart, I don't think I did. But, you know, we're in the flesh. So sometimes I doubt what I feel. And I don't know. But anywho, I bounced back in December of that same year, bought another car, Ruby D. Same type, literally same make, model, 
think it was same year too, um, but it was red. And I had Ruby D for another year and that car got totaled uh, two days after Thanksgiving the very next year. So I didn't even make it a year in that car. Um, and I was on my way, begrudgingly to, on my way to the gym, <laughs> trying to say, you know, after Thanksgiving, you know, let's do this. You just ran a 10K. You told yourself, like, you wasn't going to get too lazy. So I was like, all right, let me get up and go to Solicore. And as I'm going down um, uh, uh, one of the avenues by my house, a young lady who is behind me, comes from behind me, cuts me off in front of me to try to make a left-hand turn up a one-way street, realizes it's a one-way street. And then, yeah, uh, the rest is history. So um, totaling two cars in the matter of two years, like literally year to date almost, um, really put me in a in a anxiety downward spiral I went back to therapy because of it it was very my body I had to go to it was a lot and I won't talk about it too much because you know lawyers had to get involved and things like that but it was a lot it was a lot and I just was like God you know you you put on my heart that I should be of movement and you know move my body move my heart move my spirit move my soul and I feel like every time I try to move because mind you I physically had moved from PG to back to Baltimore and I didn't want to do that either but that was definitely a God move to help me financially and it was definitely a win-win situation with my brother who owned the house and I just felt like God okay I'm moving in you or I feel like I'm listening to you and it's not turning out to be you know in general the best experience because when I totaled my first car um, I had just moved to Baltimore so to have not even been in Baltimore a full month and my car got totaled. Of course, I blamed it on the move to Baltimore because I'm like, when I lived in PG, this never happened. Da, 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 da. So, um, I'm, I'm trust me, I'm getting to the motivated to move to Louisville part. So, um, as I'm in Baltimore with no car now and I'm like, God, you know, we've been in this pandemic. This was like my only means of kind of getting out the house and moving around. I had just started working with an open mic brand um, because I also love event coordination. And I was like, uh, you know, how am I supposed to sustain all this? So God kept it afloat. God kept it afloat. God kept it afloat. We come into year 2022 um, and things start moving in my life. Um, in year 2021, so when I first recorded, started this podcast, I was a producer um, that I had started in a company um, from scratch. Um, and well, actually, I wasn't there yet. I had just applied actually to become a producer around about fall of 2019. And um, I got the call back at the beginning of 2020 before the pandemic. I started the job March of 2020. And um, God just took over. God started moving. And so um, I took a move in God. God took a move in me. So I'm in L.A. with my cousin. We're on a, like a little kind of like, uh, you call it a, a getaway trip. And um, it's the week of Valentine's Day. And I get a call. Um, kind of a love trip. You could definitely say that. And uh, I get a phone call from the company saying, hey, we got your application. We want you, you know, to interview. I'm like, well, I'm out of town right now. Can we possibly do it when I get back? They're like, of course, blah, blah, blah. And it's a moving God. 
it's a moving God um, because I was done with corporate America. I said I did not want to work in corporate America anymore. Um, and uh, I did. I, I, I went back and um, pandemic hit. And I was like, oh, my God. I, God, I thought you were moving. <laughs> and I, how did how is this going to help me? Well, it me scoffing at God. God said, oh, you want to scoff at me? He he cackled back at me because um, once the pandemic hit, my job was to be an on-site event coordinator for a company on Capitol Hill. When the pandemic hit, they didn't get rid of my position, but what they did do is they moved it online. And so my job went from an in-person job to a working from home job. That is something I had prayed for four years. I graduated in 2013. I started learning about working from home jobs probably like 2015. So I have been praying off and on like, God, I really feel like working from home would be my thing. I just always felt like my life went into spirals every three to four, maybe six months. And so I was like, you know, God, something's always happening, whether it's you know, a family member needed me for something, my mom getting sick or something happened. And I always felt like me having to go into work was something that I didn't really want to do for the rest of my life. And growing up with an entrepreneurial mom who literally had a daycare at home, she sold Avon, she would sell juice cups to the kids in the neighborhood. Like I just grew up around that whole, I could make money from home mindset. So I just that's probably part of the reason, also part of the reason why I just like disdained corporate America because it was very whips, chained to your desk, whipped if you got a type of vibe. And that was just wasn't me. I knew I could be productive without being micromanaged. And so um, I saw a crack in the door and I booted it open. And so from March of 2020 to August of 2020, I worked very diligently in prayer and with my job to make what seemed to be a band-aid for a, a temporary situation be the scab and the healing process to what is about to be the new hybrid way of work, right? Um, and so from the beginning of the, from March to August, we all thought, oh, life was going to go back to normal come fall of 2020. And as we saw, <laughs> that was not the case. We were in a hard, the world was in a hard lockdown for a year. And in that year, God allowed me to create a whole department in this company, Fortune 500 company, publicly traded. Maybe one day I'll name drop the company. Um, if you know me at all, you can go to my LinkedIn and probably find it out. But, um, um. It was amazing to see God move through me in my, in, in my life for me um, because I did not approach booting this door down with the, um, um, oh, I'm going to take over the world. It was very much so like a, 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 a solution to what, what we all thought was a temporary thing, but I did not think it was temporary. I, I knew the solution was going to be be a lifetime thing like I just had faith in it God had put it on my heart like this is your opportunity to make your own dreams come through come true through me or with me right and so I was like and then I also started noticing that the other women who worked on the hotline and eventually became a part of the producer team also wanted work from home jobs they had been doing like 
online tutoring and stuff like that. And I was like, God, this is not just an opportunity for me, but this is going to open up doors for a lot more people. And I'm a servant at heart. So I was definitely down with the like, yes, let's create an opportunity for other people. Like I, I, God, I need, I want, like, let's do this. Like for real. Like, I do not want to hold this to myself. I want this to be something that you can use for other people that need it too. So we created a team. I went from a contract employee who was only making like, I think $10, $10 an hour to a salary team coach of the department that I created as of January, February of 2021. So all of last year, I was a team coach and that put made moves in my life as well and it was god moving i cannot deny it um being a people's manager i was the youngest black people's manager ever in the history of the company um and let's add a little caveat black woman um and it was amazing to have experienced that uh that accolade um i start my name started traveling throughout the company and people started to get to know who i was without me even knowing who they are and that is a testament to whoever's listening to you god will literally put your name in rooms your feet have not walked in yet or in this virtual world your zoom has not (laughs) entered yet and so it was amazing to get on calls and people would DM me and be like, oh, hey, Mo, it's so nice to put a face to a name or, you know, it's so nice to finally meet you. I've heard so much about you. And I was just like, what? what you know about me? Like, what? <laughs> like, what? Like, I just was blown away at, at that because I, I really did not have, I don't do anything that I do to get props at all. I don't do it for attention. I don't do it for any of that. I do it. I do a lot of things I do in my life because it's authentically me and it's who I am and what I in the in the not for a claim to fame at all, but the mark I want to leave in God's name. And so um, fast forward to the beginning of this year in 2022, um, I started to feel a little stagnant. I felt like I built the team out to a point where I could sustain it and maintain it and still grow it and do more things with it but I I wasn't sure if that was my direct role anymore and so um I wanted to become a consultant and um because I do work in uh, the company is in learning development organizational development so I was like well I wanted to be a consultant I think I would have something to get there and so I started doing um, informal interviews and so I would I started taking time off of consultants calendars and you know 30 minutes here 45 minutes there and just talking to them and if I had a session with them I might you know when we would hop on I would be like hey do you have 15 20 minutes after our session today you know and sometimes these sessions are five six eight hours long right yeah we get breaks throughout it but you know after you're done your session you usually want to be done but majority of the time the consultants would make time for me and if we didn't chit chat throughout you know, breakout rooms or lunch breaks, then they would set 15, 20 minutes at the end of each call to kind of, you know, talk to me about my aspirations in the company. And, you know, consultants were like, oh, yeah, you could definitely become a consultant. I could see that for you, da 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 And, you know, others are like, yeah, girl, like, we need more women, da 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 So once I... um Truly, truly 
was like, yeah, I want to grow. I started expressing it to my manager and my manager was like, let's do it. Um, from fall of 2021 to winter of 2021-2022, we discovered that uh, me becoming a consultant wouldn't necessarily be the easiest pathway for me. And my manager was very upset, thinking that she was going to have to manage me out of the company because she didn't think I would stay. And I was like, well, hold on. I don't want to leave the company. I'd be fine staying in the position that I am and growing the um, growing myself in the company and finding maybe like another role that's adjacent to consultant that I could possibly still have an impact. Because y'all, my whole motivation, even in wanting to become a consultant, was to watch the light bulb go off in people's minds. Like we consult on time management. We consult on how to develop your personal um, attributes and be aware of when they can be, you know, negatively impactful to your employees, you know, something we call like a diminishing um, aspect. So the fact that I personally just knew deep down inside my heart that like, I don't have to just be a consultant, I could possibly be something else and still see the light bulb go off. I was like, let's not, you know, let's hold our horses, right? And so luckily for me, there was, there was a a client facing position you know, client solutions oriented position that I could be in. Now let's pause right here because corporate America had had damaged me up until this point, right? And this company was starting to build me back up. And one thing that I felt like I would never be able to do would be client facing because I'm very enthusiastic. I'm very raw. I'm very uncut. I'm very ruthless in some manners. I'm very abrasive in others. Some people would even call me brash. Um, but It's all done out of love. It's all done with a smile on my face and kindness in my heart. So I never really let it personally overwhelm me, but it overwhelms others. And so um, I just was very hesitant that I would ever have a job that would allow me to, to be in front of clients. And so I will say this, it was very breathtaking and honoring to know that my manager was like, nah, you could definitely do that job. Let's apply for it. And so she helped me apply for it. This was the first investment I had ever made in my resume. Um, And when I say investment, yes, I paid to get my resume to get redone because I just felt strongly that I had the, the experience in corporate America and the jobs that I had worked between, what, 2017, 2018, up until this point, that I had the ability to do this job, but my resume and and just plain the way you build a resume, it just was not that the the traditional way you build a resume, it just was not showing that journey. And so I found um a lady on LinkedIn, Tasha. She spells it with a Y, T Y S H A. And so if you do find me on LinkedIn, um I I she's one of my friends on LinkedIn and um I will help her with anybody because she is an amazing storyteller. And so what she will do is she will have consulting um, sessions with you. First one is free. Everyone after that, if you pay for her to restore your um, resume, those consulting calls are incorporated in the price. I paid a what I would consider a pretty penny um, I think anything over $100 to get your resume redone is a pretty penny, and I paid well over $100. Um, 
to get my resume, but it was the time she spent to find out everything I've ever done. Like professionally, volunteer work, hobbies, and she curated the most breathtaking resume I could have ever asked for. And so um, that's another testament. Please invest in yourself. It does not hurt. We pay hundreds of dollars to get our hair, nails, feet done, ladies, men. We pay hundreds of dollars for our clothes, our cars. We can invest not only internally in ourselves, whether that is taking time off from work to pray and to submit to God or whether it's to get, you know, a resume built therapy, mental, you know, mental health. We want to look just as good on the inside as we do on the outside. And sometimes inner work is building our resume up because it builds our confidence to see what we can do professionally, getting therapy to uproot some of the things that we may not even know are rooted in us. So I beg of you to, to, to invest in yourself. Um, my first episode setting, setting the pace, I think was probably one of my very first, if I can sit here and think about it, gestures I made after getting therapy. It was my way of agreeing with God that I needed to do something um, that fulfilled me and that set me apart from from what I had thought of myself. And I never thought of myself as someone that was worthy of being listened to. Um, partially why I probably, I like to talk, but hate it when people would say I talk too much because I personally am conscious of that. And so we'll go down that rabbit hole another day. So um, fast forward to me applying the job. I get the job. Y'all, I get the job May 30th. I get an email. I get the job in the morning of May 30th. I don't even think May has 31 days. So it was literally, I'm going to say, that afternoon. of No, it does have 31 days. So I got hired May 30th. I got an email the morning of May 31st. We want to fly you out. We're having a team gathering in Dallas this week, basically. <laughs> will you be able to come? And I'm like, uh, really? <laughs> yes, I will come. My manager helped me clear my schedule. And ironically, because I had already been preparing to get managed out, me and my manager were like, I had applied to another job. I had did a, you know, recorded myself doing like a little mock, like consultant, 10 minute consultant on micro steps. So my June calendar was pretty much open because I had blocked three weeks thinking that, okay, if I got this other job, I would be able to, if I got this other job, I would need three weeks to kind of like transfer me out, right? And so um, I blocked my whole, basically my whole June. And it was just God, as I'm talking about it out loud, it's just baffling me how God just be moving like this but anywho and so um they fly me out I go I'm literally they job accept I get the acceptance on the 30th they email me on the 31st can they we need to fly you out tomorrow first or is the second I think it might have been the second um no it was the first because I had a race the fourth that I had to get back from. And it was a three, it was like a three day, like a three day stunt in Dallas. So yeah, they, they, they were like, we're going to fly you out like tomorrow. I was like, what? Okay. 
So they book my hotel, they get, you know, they get my flight stuff together and I fly out. I fly out to Dallas. I meet my team. We have a three day training um, on some stuff that I actually was already previewed to on the producer team. So I was low-key ahead of the curve of everybody in that room and didn't even know it and this is a this is another little gem imposter syndrome comes in so many different forms and fashions and we're going to dive into imposter syndrome for my what I had to overcome um moving in God and so this is kind of a segue to that because imposter syndrome and I'm going to read the definition of it once I get to overcome because that thing will show up in your life and so many different forms and we have to be prepared to fight that because it can definitely put a steroid in your fear if you allow it to. And so um, I basically get flewed out and now I'm on this team and I've been on the team for the past six months and I've been loving everything that this move in God has brought into my life financially, professionally, monetarily um it has just been an extreme blessing to me and to the people around me little do they know or a lot do they know it has been an extreme blessing and it is going to be the catapult to whatever god is doing inside of me because it is in complete alignment of what i've wanted to do spiritually in the world which is enable greatness in people and individuals everywhere and so um like i said segue over to overcome so What did I overcome in this move of God? Imposter syndrome. And imposter syndrome uh, is literally a psychological occurrence in which an individual doubts their skills, talents, or accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. And there are five types of imposter syndrome, according to Dr. Young, who was a doctor that um, did an article with Glamour magazine, and it can come in the personalities of a perfectionist, a natural genius, the rugged individualist, the expert, and the superhero. So take those as you will, research those, and see. And I can honestly say I've probably hit one of those five if not stayed in one of those five throughout my whole life. I normally um, am definitely the natural genius at times um, in in the rugged, um, a rugged individualist. And so I had to overcome imposter syndrome so heavy. I have never cried so many tears since I got this job. And I crying tears of gratefulness, crying because um, I just never realized how much greatness was inside of me. And I just can't blame it on the lack thereof in my family. I mean, I could, I could say like, no one just looked at me and said I could do it all, right? I have one cousin born, I love you so much. He, he was one that has always been like, you could do anything. You could do anything. My grandmother, God rest her soul, she used to say the same thing. But 
when that's not really instilled at you at a very young age and then continue to be instilled at you as you get older and then other things in your life don't contradict you because I have had family members also tell me like girl you can't do that girl sit down girl you doing too much I've been told more I do too much than I am enough and that's wild right um super 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 wild um, but anywho, it, it was very difficult for me to overcome that over the last six months. Very difficult. Uh, I promise I won't cry. I'm going to try not to. But it, 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 really, it really was something that I can say from the time I started getting clients in July... I got my first client in July. I know, right? Only a month. And the whole training process was supposed to be two months. But I just came in blaze of glory. And I was like, I can't believe I'm here. I really can't believe I'm here. And I was just very bright-eyed, bushy-tailed for, for the first two months. I was very like, can't believe I'm here. can't believe I'm here. And people were like, of course you're here. Of course you're here. And it got to a point where my imposter syndrome almost started to blur out or blind my talent right because I was so surprised that I had gotten into a position that almost doubled my salary um it I was working with people who had been in leadership development or L&D as they call it for like as long as I've been born right like you got people who've been in this industry for let alone in the same position or in this company for 20, 30 years. And so and here I am as a 31-year-old thinking, like, well, like, what do I have to contribute? And I have and had so much to contribute. And so it didn't take me long. I, I started praying really heavily. And as I am, as I am going through all this with my job, I hear this nomad thing just ticking, ticking, ticking. And God is just like, yeah, it's time for you to time for you to take a long extended stay somewhere. And that's something I've always wanted to do. I heard people say, oh, yeah, I have a house. I have a spot that I stay in and in Colorado. But you're from Georgia. And then you, I met you in New York. And they're like, oh, yeah, I have, I have places I stay or places I can, I can, you know, visit or whatever. And, yeah, I've, I've been there for like a month. And I'm just like, that lifestyle just has always intrigued me. So when I was looking to move to the consultant world, I was like, well, this will be my chance. You know, I'll be traveling all over the place. I probably couldn't easily just pay off rent one spot and stay in another spot and just travel from that other spot. Well, with this job, it was even more capable because I don't have to travel for work in the sense of how consultants travel for work, like you got to go to places to actually do presentations. This job, I can get flown out to go to a, see a client if I need to, to sit down and kind of develop their learning journeys and, and trainings with their, with their employees and their managers and leaders. But overall, as long as I have my laptop, I can work from wherever. And I create more of my own schedule with this job where when I was a producer, it was whatever sessions I was assigned to I had to work those sessions where this one it's like 
I talk to my clients and I say, okay, what day works best for you, right? And we, you know, I curate my own calendar, literally. Like, I meet with my client partners. We meet with our clients. I might meet with the clients by myself. I might meet with my client partner by myself. And if I want to take a week off once a month, I can do that. Um, and so I was like, wow, this is about to give me the freedom that I've never even fathomed I would ever have, especially not at this age. And so um, I thought this type of freedom wasn't going to hit me until I was in my 40s. And so God just kind of started putting in my gut, like, you're going to move. And so I started to see in my dreams the state outline of Kentucky and Tennessee. And it was weird because at first I thought, like, oh, Nashville, sure. Like, I'm doing this open mic thing. You know, I love I've always loved artists. Like, I've always known that whatever professional role I play in event coordination that um, it's going to be surrounded by helping creatives enable greatness and creatives all over the world right and so um, I just was like oh Nashville I started looking up Nashville and I was getting this kind of like twist in my gut at what I like to call an unsettlement in my spirit and so I was like mm, okay I, I, I keep seeing the state outline but maybe it's not Nashville. So again, I'm bring up, you know, that chick angel, my soul She is from, not from, she's actually from Baltimore, Maryland, but listening to, um, here's the thing podcast for her and Kevin, she would talk about how her and her husband met each other when she lived in Kentucky. And I'm like, Oh, she's from Kentucky. That's one, you know, I would then God would kind of tap me on my shoulder. I would feel that calmness in my spirit. And I'm like, so is it the state outline of Kentucky you want me to pay attention to? And so when I started feeling that kind of confirmation in my spirit, I started looking up places in Kentucky. And so I was like, well, I'm going to go with where she's from and I'm going to start looking up places in Lexington. And so I was looking up places in Lexington. And y'all, when I say I'm up at, uh, I'm up at six o'clock in the morning, you know, like waking up at five o'clock in the morning or staying up until three o'clock in the morning doing this. I'm like, all right, God, like, you know, what's going on? Like I'm looking at these places and I just kind of hear my spirit. I don't kind of, I hear my spirit wherever your God sister's family is from. That's where I want you to go. And I'm like, what? He's like, wherever your God sister's family is from, that's where I want you to go. So I'm like, okay, God, so I text my God sister. I'm like, where's your family from in Kentucky again? She said Louisville. And then when I say y'all, I felt this peace that surpassed the all understanding just fall all over me. I was like, well, if God said Louisville. So I started looking up Louisville and I just felt this peace. I felt this energy, this enthusiasm just kind of shudder through my bones. And I found the most affordable Airbnb. I recommend it to anybody to come to this Airbnb. I found an amazing church because she also told me, I was like, I want God also put on my heart. When you go here, you're going to start going back to church. And so I was like, okay. And because I want you to redefine what your spiritual, well, build on the spiritual foundation you already have and redefine what you want your spiritual foundation to be for your family that you're going to build. So I'm like, okay. And so um, I find my Airbnb. I literally find it. I go on Google Maps. I look at it. God is like, this is where you will be. This will be your home for those 90 days. And I'm like, all right, God. And I didn't realize it then. 
But y'all, it was four, it is four minutes walking from the church that my god sister sent me. And my god sister was like, oh yeah, this is one church that my family go, really loves and goes to. And then this is the other church. And the other church, even when she sent me the addresses, it did nothing to my insides. The first church, and I will shout them out, Bates Memorial, um, Reverend Bruce Williams, was the church for me and I didn't even realize it then until I got here and it was like the first two weeks I was like oh yeah that church where is that church I want to start going to church like God told me when I get here I need to start going to church where is that church and that is when I realized it was four minutes walking from my Airbnb before I was like oh it's in the same area of my Airbnb it's less than 10 minutes away so I was excited about that but when I actually moved here and I found out it was walking distance I was like oh God you you be showing off and so it, it 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 was it's just been an amazing 90 days. God has just moved in this imposter syndrome. So I started getting my clients July. I really got a bulk of my book of business in uh the latter end of August, the beginning of September, like right before my birthday, and God said, "You will I want you to figure this out." Like get rid of the imposter syndrome, fully walk into who you are while you're in Louisville. And this is going to elevate your next season. And so here we are, the last, I'm going to say 10 minutes, because I'm going to try to get this wrapped up before, you know, an hour. I've elevated. And so the E in elevate and moving in God, and in this move of God, God has completely consecrated me and set me aside from everything that I was used to doing back in Maryland. And it's completely silenced me for me to hear what he wants for me and from me. And although I don't know all of it, I know majority of it is surrounded by people and me being able to interact with people. And I know that sounds so cliche, but the level of interacting with people has really, like God has really taken some scales off my eyes and really shown me how good I am with people how good I am in very controversial conversations and uncomfortable conversations and to be able to fully operate in my job like I was completely done with training I think like the second or third week in August so I only really was at home in Maryland in this new job for a month I have really kind of honed my skill set in my job here in in Louisville and to have made friends in Louisville and to have encountered people is just elevated. Oh God, you just have elevated me so much. And the 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 shedding of the imposter syndrome and I have to kill that thing every day. So y'all, it it's it's not gonna just be a snap of the fingers, a thing no snap, an instantaneous thing. God is sometimes going to really have to deal with you and it's going to be a struggle and you and God together as a collaborative force can definitely work on your heart to bring to the awareness of of what you need to do, where you need to go to elevate. And when I say I've elevated spiritually in this pandemic, but also in this move with God, of God, to Louisville, in this move of God and with God in this new client-facing position, it has elevated me mentally, 
where I think of myself higher. I think of people around me higher. And I know I can get on people's nerves already before because I was very much so a cheerleader in everybody's life. And you could do it. And my my optimistic side of me can be so contagious, I've been told. And, and I see it, you know, my light shining on people who are in darkness. Um, but it, it, it went to another level when I've allowed God to really work in me because I've been obedient to moving in ways that I never thought I would move before. And so when I say obedience is better than sacrifice, I say that with all of me, with my whole chest, my whole heart. Obedience is so much better than sacrifice because God doesn't want you to go without. If like God like God doesn't want you to go without sex. He created sex to be good, but he wants you to be obedient and only have sex when you're married. God doesn't want you to go without money, clothes, and car. He said you can have, I want heaven on earth for you. But he wants you to be obedient in his will. So that way when you do receive the blessings, that you will also keep the blessings and that you will use the blessings for his glory, not for your glory. And I think that's, that is a large difference in what society makes us feel about getting blessings and what what god wants us or what i would say the kingdom wants us to feel when we receive blessings our life is not for our own own so nothing that happens in our life is for us you get blessed to bless others okay you get elevated to elevate others i'm a delta and one of our sayings is lift as you climb and so as i climb i have no problem looking back and lifting back and bringing others with me but i myself had to get to a point in my life where i i was stable enough in my elevation to do that and to be stable in your elevation to do that god has to be at the foundation and at the root and I knew that God was at the foundation at the root because I turned to God for this elevation. I did not I did not apply to this job without without hearing God say it first. And as I'm doing this 21 day fast, um, uh, Daniel's fast, the first day one is called informed faith. And it talks about Matthew's uh, 14. I think it's verse three where. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, Matthew 14, uh, verse 28, where Peter says, is that you, God? You know, and if that is, you know, only if that's you, I'm stepping out on the water. And God said, come. And the elevation that I'm experiencing from moving in God and with God in this move of God, whether it's this new job or becoming a Louisville, I literally... It, it may have seemed fast in me telling it in, in this past hour, but it started years ago where God was like, you're not going to stay in Maryland forever. Like you're going to have times where you're going to have homesteads, other places. And then for real, for real, it kicked my butt April of this year. So in April, it was very heavy on my heart and I had no idea where the money was going to come from, but I w was down with it. I was talking to my line sister about maybe staying with her in, in, in Cali and in her Oakland uh, in Oakland area. And I was like, hmm, like this might really work out for me. It fell on my heart in April. It didn't come to pass until June. June is when I made the deposit for this Airbnb. And guess what? From April to June, I told no one about what I wanted to do. And even in June, God only released me to tell a handful of people, maybe two hands full of people about it. And when I say handful, I mean like five people. When I say two hands full, I mean 10. Like I literally did not tell many people. It didn't come until my birthday, September 24th. And I was moving 
October 1st where God was like, now when people ask you, you know, do you want to do something for your birthday next week? You can tell them I'll be in Louisville next week. And when they ask when you come back, you can tell them I'm not coming back until the new year. And mind you, y'all, this move was supposed to happen or I thought it was going to happen this time. Like, I thought I was going to do January, February, March here. God said, no. What if I told you I wanted to move this year? I said, God, am I going to have enough money to move this year? I need to save up for this Airbnb. It's going to be like stacks, thousands of dollars for three months. You know, your average Airbnb is $100 a night. This is cheaper than that because God was in the works. But, you know, you know, just to give you a financial... Matter of fact, God said, don't hold back. If this Airbnb was $37 a night. That means that was nine-something nine a month. For three months, that's basically a stack a month. I paid a, a little over $3,000 for this. I God gave me this when I was not even making that in a paycheck. <laughs> so in my mind, I'm like, God, how? And God made a way from getting a new job. And like I said, I'm, I almost started making twice my salary within that month to bonuses because this job also has a compensation package. I, God blessed me into me finding an affordable Airbnb. God will elevate every way your thinking, your faith when you when you step out. Just a mustard seed, y'all. That's all you need. Google what a mustard seed looks like. That's the amount of faith you need in God. And when I say faith, wholehearted, non-wavering faith in God. That's the amount that you need. And that's all he needs to make it work, to make it happen. And so I feel the elevation in my life. I feel, it, like I said, spiritually. I see it physically, right? Like, And that's one thing about faith that's hilarious that Tim Ross also talks about. It's like, you know, God doesn't say he wants you to trust him. There's nowhere in the Bible where it says, trust me. It says, have faith in me. And the repetition of faith will create trust. And that's also what I, what I tell my clients in learning and development is that you want to extend smart trust, right? And this is not just for employees in corporate America, but this is at home when you're being a parent. This is with your family members when you're being a friend. You don't want to blindly extend trust to someone, right? Because then that comes, that allows manipulation to come in, abuse to come in. But as you elevate in life, you elevate your thoughts. You should do your best to extend smart trust. Ask as many questions as possible. Talk straight. You know, create transparency. Demonstrate respect. Right your wrongs. Stay committed. Stay committed to your commitments. These are 13 behaviors of trust that in our content at my company, we tell our clients to develop. But it also is so spiritually aligned. You know, and I pray that through this podcast and other outlets, I can start to, you know, open that up to people to see how some of this content is very spiritually aligned so that you can understand that God wants to motivate you in areas that you didn't even think you could have motivation and things that you thought were dead and gone. And through that motivation, you are then going to have to overcome a lot of things. Things that you never thought you were going to be able to overcome that you just thought that you were going to have to keep bearing and keep bearing and keep bearing. And God is like, no, we're going to uproot it. Forget burying because the deeper it goes, the deeper the roots. I want to uproot it. And once you uproot it, it creates space 
for God to come in and elevate. And if I did not allow God to come into my heart in this time of a pandemic, I would have never been able to elevate. And so with that, I love you guys. Thank you all for listening. And let's just let's get it together.